you started to see that there was this beautiful pattern and elegance to nature that there were times of going out and there are times of going in. I'd like to welcome Jill Blumenstock to the Productivity is Podcast. Jill, thanks for joining me today. Thank you for having me. So the reason that we had this, we, we were having this conversation is I have been following you on Facebook for a while because I think we've been following each other for a while, right? Like, you know, we've been uh, interested in experimentation with ourselves and with life and with productivity. And all of a sudden you started to like, and this is something you may have been doing for a while. And I want to get into this. Um, you started uh -huh. posting things that were relating to, and this is going to be a very different podcast for a lot of people, but related to astrological components and readings and, and, and different um, kind of insights around that and how it can relate to productivity and time. And, and I was, that's what I was taking out of it because it was like kind of, you know, you know how Facebook works. It kind of gears it to what you're interested in. So you're going to see mm -hmm. some of this stuff. And I was like, I need to talk to Jill about this because I haven't seen this happen or I've, I've not seen a lot of people discuss um, this, this type of, cause it's what, what's the type of astrology readings that you do first off? And then what led you down the path to kind of, um, go in that, go in that direction and st start to maybe apply it to this experimentation and the idea of even self-empathy, grace, all that kind of stuff related to kind of doing what we, what we do in our everyday lives. Great question. Uh, the way I got into, astrology is one of my students, uh, I, I'm a yoga teacher as well, and I do yoga teacher trainings. And one of my students' is, brothers was an astrologer. Mm. And so, I mean, I've always been interested in productivity. I have been, I mean, I've, I've been, a, I've actually done your creative live class right from the beginning. So like I've been all over the place with productivity. And uh, I, when I started following astrology, I would watch um, my students' brothers' videos. Um, I realized I, I always had trouble with um, planners and different systems because it didn't leave a lot of room for how I felt on an everyday basis, sort of like low energy, high energy, what I was in the mood for, when I could focus, when I had trouble focusing, when I was needed a break or when I was more motivated to work the ebbs and flows of that were unpredictable and it was very confusing. But once I started watching these astrology videos, I was amazed at how it explained to the great detail of exactly how I was feeling that day. Mm. And the more videos I watched and the more I experimented with it, the more I realized, wow, this is really helping me on an everyday basis predict what my mood is going to be, to know when I was going to feel a little low energy, to know when what months were great to schedule um, my business opportunities and the courses that I was selling in workshops for yoga teacher training because they would do better in certain months and not others. I would know when there, there's two months in the year where you could basically completely don't want to do anything. <laughs> I knew not to teach during that time and not to schedule myself so much. So the more I played with it, the more I realized just how useful this is. Um, and I mostly do Vedic astrology, which is a type of astrology rooted in yoga. Okay. Uh, I've studied all kinds of astrology, um, actually a lot of Western astrology lately. But I find I still go back to Vedic astrology because 
it matches and and that teacher and I watch the videos of because it actually matches how I'm feeling on an everyday basis. Right. So, um, so, so, it, so it's like, I mean, I didn't realize there were different forms of astrology. I thought astrology was astrology. And then, so is Vedic like a, a derivative of I'm going to pronounce this wrong. Ayurveda, Ayurvedic, whatever it is. You know, the, my wife said, wow, I butchered that. But you know what I'm saying, right? Yeah, yeah. Ayurveda. Thank you. Thank you. Um, they both have Veda. <laughs> yeah, they both have Veda in the name. Veda means light. Uh, okay. And, uh, and Vedic astrology is called Jyotish, which literally means light, um, Jyotir. Um, but Ayurveda is the light on life. So it's the medicine of that was around at the time of India. And right. there are all these just amazing technologies and ways of looking at nature um, that that derived at the same time. So there are Ayurvedic principles in astrology. You can figure out your dosha and uh, your constitution um, using Vedic astrology. So they're, they're, because that and yoga, Ayurveda, yoga, and Jyotish or Vedic astrology developed around the same time, they're all based on the same underlying beliefs and the same ways of looking at nature and how life works. And that's all built into the charts. So it is related. Yeah. And, and, you know, when, when I start thinking about this and the reason that your posts and, and this kind of stuff captured my attention is probably because I'm more open-minded to this kind of thing ever since I, you know, ever since I married my wife and got to know her because she, she does acupuncture and there was a lot of like, I didn't really know what it did. I knew of it. But then when you start to look at like the different ways that we, the, you know, Eastern, Western, there's different ways that the body can be treated. And some, you know, I think there's a nice, you know, how we talk about paper and, 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 and digital and using like a hybrid solution. Like, I think that mm -hmm. there's a nice balance of hybridness that you can do when it comes to that kind of you know, medicine and that kind of way of living. You know, we hear about Ikigai and, and, and yet some people are really into that. And then others are into like high intensity training, right? And then I'm doing a lot more yoga these days because I'm more into the flexibility part and the, you know, kind of the sustainability part as opposed to the let's get jacked and, and lift as much weight as possible. I mean, that's just who I am now. But, mm -hmm. what, but what fascinated me was, the fact that, and you just mentioned this, is that you you recognize that when you were searching for this stuff or, or exploring it, that it fit, you know, the way you were feeling. And the principles that you had taken from productivity, as an example, you could say, oh, well, I have these these tactics, these frameworks, these 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 tips that I've learned over the years, and now I have this other framework with which I can use to kind of apply those because it, it's based on, you know, more of an emotional and even a reasoned approach as opposed to, you know, straight up, let's do as much as we can. It, you know, oh, it's, it's January 1st. We must do resolutions now because it's January 1st, as opposed to, you know, when it may suit you best. So what, what was that? What let, like, I mean, what was that like when you first started to, to, to use that as kind of a gauge or a, or maybe um, a way of, 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 you know, like a cadence for how you are going to, to start to do things and operate? Well, I started out by tracking the moon. Mm -hmm. uh, so the moon changes, the moon moves, moves fast and the sky changes. Uh, uh, it changes signs every two and a half days. So it moves into a different section of the sky every two and a half days. And that section of the sky is associated with a constellation or a sign. Right. And, uh, 
every so every two and a half days your mood changes and when the moon is in a certain sign it takes on the qualities of that sign and uh either meshes with that sign well or doesn't uh and so some signs it does really well in sometimes it, it some signs that our emotional life struggles in when it's in those signs so when i started tracking that it was so helpful because um, there's one sec when the moon is in the sign of Scorpio, for example, mm-hmm. the moon is it's least happy. It's when we have the least amount of peace, where we feel a lot of intensity and turbulence, uh, and it, it's when it's it's our when we're in a bad mood, basically. Okay. So one a couple of days out of the month that it moves in a 30 day cycle around 28 days. Um, so for a few days, there's a a few days where we go a little bit nuts and get a little extra upset. And so when I started tracking it and I realized, oh my gosh, well now what do I do with this energy mm-hmm. now that I'm feeling this way? What's the best use of it? Um, and slowly I was able to learn, okay, if I do this, this day, this helps. Or if when in the moon's in Scorpio, it's a great time to do emotional work, but it's also a great time to double check things because I'm filled with more fear Right. And more like worry and insecurity. So it's a great time to do detail work and just figure all that out. Okay. Um, so the signs helped. And then I started uh, and then I would and then uh, I would start to notice the monthly rhythms. So there is the sun changes signs every 30 days. So during the whole year, it goes through every astrology sign, every section of the sky. And when the sun and the moon are the two most important planets, this, when the sun is in a, a sign for that month, that month is all about that sign. Right. You feel it the whole month. And uh, that and the house that that sign represents in your birth chart, which is the area of life it represents, that's going to be your main focus for the whole month. So after I was getting into these daily rhythms and tracking it, I started to learn more about the monthly rhythms. And I realized that um, every May, the sun is in Taurus. And that's when it's in my, the Taurus for my birth chart is the 12th house because my ascendant, which is based on time of my, I was born is Gemini. So every May, which is always at the end of when I'm teaching, finishing my yoga teacher training, I'm always like, don't want to do anything. I don't want to work. And that's what I'm supposed to feel. The sun is getting me to spend more time in solitude, getting me to rest, wanting me to travel, wanting to escape my responsibilities and connect to something more spiritual. Mm. So it's a great time for spiritual practice. And so once I stopped scheduling teaching workshops in May, I started to be a little happier. Um, and then I also knew that the months that I work, that I can make the most money and when I schedule workshops that I, they do well are March, April and August. And why would August <laughs> be like a popular time for anybody to do anything? Isn't everyone traveling? But that's when the sun is in my second house. That's when the sun is in Leo. Everyone wants inspiration. And so when I started planning that, now I now I do all my main workshops in August. And um, it was easier. So I knew it was. And it also, so that was great. So then I knew I was making the most of my time. And then uh, what was really powerful is it also gave me, I think one of the greatest things about this whole system is it gave me permission to rest when I needed to. Right. That when, when 
the sun was in my fourth house or my 12th house or even my eighth house, those were times where the times in the year where that was the best time to rest. That was where I could do a lot of emotional healing. That's where I could kind of let things land. Mm -hmm. And in the moon cycle, there's also daily rhythms. Every four signs, um, it's really good to rest when the moon is in a water sign because that's when we're more emotional. And that's a great time to do self-care. And you started to see that there was this beautiful pattern and elegance to nature that there were times of going out and there are times of going in. And a lot of our society puts pressure on us to do, 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 be more productive, do more, that we eventually get burnt out and rebel and procrastinate. And that's when all these, all these, uh, more coping defense mechanisms are just, uh, like rebelling against what we're doing happen. And then it becomes harder to get things done. So once I started aligning with all of this, it was like, it was giving me permission to, that it's okay to feel the way I feel, help me identify what I was feeling and what, what, it might be good to use it for. And so I was making the most of every time period in your in my life. The other side to all of this too is that when the sun is in a sign for that month, that month is the only time in the whole year that you have the opportunity to improve that area of your life typically. So I know that every December and January the sun is in Sagittarius, which is my seventh house, which mm-hmm. relates to marriage. And so if I spend time with my husband in that month, our relationship is great all year round. And if I don't and I like get caught up in work or trying to be more productive <laughs> and I don't spend time with him, it struggles all year. And I have to wait till next January <laughs> to fix to, to like make things better. So uh it's a huge relief, you know, and then there's larger cycles too. Sure. So you look at the daily cycles, which is the moon, the monthly cycles, which is the sun and some of the other planets. But then there are the slower moving planets like Jupiter, Saturn, um, and, uh, the Rahu Ketu, which are the nodes, uh, they don't change. They're in one sign for like a year to three years. And they're putting the focus on one area of your life for the whole year. So if you know what that is, you know what you're learning and how you're growing that year. Wow. And I, didn't re- so, I didn't realize the parallels to, you know, time crafting to some degree <laughs> where I talk about right? like daily theme, monthly themes, annual axiom. Wow. Um, Meal planning is important because it prevents us from being a disappointed wreck when dinner time comes around and we have no clue what to make or even if we have the ingredients to make the meal. It's a time and a money saver, but most importantly, it frees up valuable brain space. Creating a meal plan prepares us for the week to come and gives us peace of mind that we're organized and can feed ourselves and our family. That's why I do it, and that's why Plan to Eat helps me do it. Your subscription includes access to the Plan to Eat website and fully featured mobile apps on iOS and Android. And Plan to Eat gives you the tools to clip and organize recipes from any website, the ones your family loves and that fit your dietary preferences and needs. And you can create a meal plan around your schedule. Then what happens is the Plan to Eat software automatically creates an organized shopping list based on your plan. So sign up for your free trial at plantoeat.com slash timecrafting. That's plantoeat.com forward slash timecrafting. The coupon will be automatically applied to your account and can be used when you're ready to subscribe. It's valid for new customers only. Give Plan to Eat a try today. Here's a quick question for you. Okay, so first Mm -hmm. off, I know when you say planets, 
because um, there's going to be some people, oh, the, the sun and the moon aren't planets. For the purposes of what you're talking about, they are, because that's what that's how they're identified as, right? Like, so we're talking about it in terms of astrological suns, because you could say celestial bodies, and it would, you know, then fine, you're in it. Because um, there's going to be some people that, and you've probably come across this, are skeptical, right? They're like, oh, come on, it's it's just because it's got an ology at the end of the name, it doesn't mean that it's a thing. <laughs> but, but, um, if you look back at, and there's this book called The Seven Day Circle. I don't know if you've read it. It's by Eviatar Zerubbabel. And I'm, again, man, I'm getting stuck with really hard things to pronounce today. My son is right. I should do these later in the day when I actually have more, <laughs> when my mouth isn't as tied up. Um, but mm-hmm. the only man-made increment of time that is not natural, that is not, you know, um, prescribed by nature is the seven-day week. Because it, it isn't. Like the history of we were we were using the sun and the moon as guiding principles for again, most people, oh, for the day. No, 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 for the month too. Like what you were talking about. Like the idea of those days, months, and years were given to us by nature. But the week is what man created to say, okay, we need to meet next Thursday at four PM because it created this sense of of um, objectivity around time in a, in a smaller increment. Well, not a smaller because day's smallest, but you know what I mean? Like in between day and month, because some people couldn't wait a whole month. And that's, I mean, I'm sure some people go, oh my God, you have to wait a whole year for your husband and you to work on your marriage. That I think that would depend too on when your husband fits into that category as well. Right. Because it's not just you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Now here's, here's a, here's a question that I have. So, um, I'm a cancer. So that's when I, that's when I was born on July 3rd. So, I've never really used when I when I'm choosing my monthly themes, for example, or even my daily themes. I, and daily themes are a bit trickier, obviously, because Monday th- again you're going by days of the week. It's not quite the same. But for me, I've always wondered, like, when when is it, have I been naturally choosing monthly themes based on when I'm feeling that I'm at my best to do it, or when you know I'm looking at the Gregorian calendar, going, oh well. April, March should be financed because April is tax time. So therefore I'm going to do it in March. Like I'm wondering where that blending comes in and how, um, how I would be able to use that as a, as a lever or as a, as a, as a way of, as a guide to say, okay, Mike, you know, you're, you're born in July. When is it? What are the, what does this, like, what do the houses say? All that stuff. So I can make better choices around that. Cause I'll go to the coffee shop, but back, now, I will go to my local coffee shop, and the one thing I do every Sunday when I go there is they list the the, the horoscopes for Saturday and Sunday, or Sunday uh-huh. and Monday, I think, and I take a picture of it. And it's not because I'm like, oh, this is the way I must operate, but I got to say, it's not too far off most of the time. <laughs> like, it's not too <laughs> far off. And I think maybe because I, uh, you know, I am that person that spends time thinking and have a bit, maybe, you know, because I have, quote, I mean, I'll you know, which I think is a bias, the luxury of time, you know, I run my own business, I can, I can spend some time having a bit more clarity and self-awareness around the things I'm doing and how I'm feeling. But I can look at that and go, you know what, this is not too far off. And I'll send the photo to my wife, I'll go to the coffee shop, I'll send the photo to my wife. And she'll because she's a Leo. And she'll be like, Okay, um, we should probably stay away from each other mostly on this day. You know, like this is probably or oh good, it's a money choice. Well, that's good. Don't buy anything on that day. Like you know what I mean. So they're like, and we'll kind of half jokingly talk about it. But there's you know, especially when you know the you know where I live, 
the Chinese New Year gets celebrated in earnest. You know, we have a, a Asian population that's a you know, strong Asian population, and we talk about like you know, oh, we're going into this year, the Chinese New Year, which you know is obviously a little bit different than the Gregorian New Year. So this, the reason I wanted to talk to you about this is is it just goes to show how fluid time is, and that the the time constructs that we've created, and especially in times where things are far from normal where time tends to blend and you don't know where Friday is versus where Tuesday is because of circumstances, you're sitting there going, okay, what should I use as a guide? What, like what makes sense? And this to me is, is some is, is a tool. It may not be the, like to what you've done, but somebody could look at this and go, you know what? I'm a cancer. When is a good time of year for me to kind of look at this stuff, which, which, which you're like, well, what's the question? The question is, when is a good time of year for a cancer to do certain things? I guess is a question. Like for me, I'm looking at going, okay, have I been making choices that are right or wrong or not necessarily guided by these? And how do I use these as, as a way to kind of incorporate into what I'm already kind of doing? Well, it's, uh, so we'll, we'll take the example of a cancer. Um, but usually what you want to look at is based on the time you were born. Okay. Rather than the month, that's more Western astrology, where they the a lot of um, a lot of the predictions are based on your sun sign, mm. um, and in Vedic astrology, and sort of like that's why I never really got into Western astrology as much because the the interpretations for forecasts like varied widely. Right. Like some were really good, but it depended upon. Um, you know, the astrologer and their understanding of things. Um, but they also didn't explain why, like, why is, why is this a great time for relationship? Why is this something time to focus on this? They just kind of gave you an explanation. Broad broad strokes to kind of, and then if it hits, you're like, oh, wow. Like it's, it's the, it's a catch all to a degree. Like you're like, yeah. Okay. So if I'm July 3rd, is it the time of day or is it the time of the month that's most important? Time of day. Okay, I was born in the morning, like I think at 5.55 a.m. or something like that. Well, I can um, draw your chart real quick. Whoa, all right. <laughs> well, I mean, and I think proof of concept. Proof of concept. We're talking about proof of concept when it comes to Vedic <laughs> astrology, but what the hell? Let's combine like those two things and see what, what, what happens. Okay, um, you may want to edit out your birth information, by the way. Uh, what, what, you know what, July 3rd, 1974, people, I mean, it's, it, it, you go on Facebook, you're going to see it, so. Okay, and then uh, time of day you said I think it was, was... Five, uh, like 6 a.m., around 6 a.m. Okay, and then where, uh, where were you born? I was born in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Okay. So in your time zone. Oh. Yeah, I'm originally cool. from, I'm originally from southern Ontario, so not too far from Toronto. Hamilton. And they've renamed the hospital that I was born at. So you know that you're old when the hospital name has changed. <laughs> okay. Let's see if this changes anything. Okay. Uh, I'm sure it's close. <laughs> oh, oh, perfect. Oh, geez. <laughs> this is why we get along. <laughs> <laughs> so according to this, and if we had an exact birth time, because it actually, um, you're at the end of the sign of Gemini. Um, so 
that, you know, you could potentially be a Cancer as well. But um, your ascendant is Gemini. You have three planets in Gemini, and I am a Gemini. Oh, okay. And it's no wonder you love to talk. You talk for a living. So <laughs> it makes a lot of sense. That's what Geminis do is they're curious. They love to learn, and they love to just share it with, with people. It's something that you naturally do as friends, but, you know, it's Geminis also make great teachers. So, because the curiosity learning and then shouting it from the rooftops to anyone who can hear. So um, that means that we're very similar in that the months that would be good for certain things um, would match like a Gemini. So um, I can give you the Gemini tutorial. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like fill you in on the, the owner's <laughs> manual of being a Gemini. I think this would be I think this would be interesting because and actually what's funny is I'm on Facebook right now just double checking with my mom saying, Hey, what time of day was I born? She should be able to remember. Um but I I know it was around six AM. Um uh, okay. but but yeah, I'd I mean that I think that'd be kind of interesting to see if you don't mind. Oh yeah, no problem. So uh the in terms of the monthly cycles uh, Gemini, and it, this is slightly varies sure. from year to year. Um, I actually have a the calendar that tells you when these things shift. But just in general, the best time to plan your year and get realizations about who you are and what you want is June. Okay. Um, that's when the sun is in Gemini. So the month before that, May, is the – June is sort of like your new year in a way in that you realize about new things you want to do, um, realizations about who you are, what you want. Um, and that – and so that's a great time to make room for that. And the month before that is a time of rest, um, May. Mid-May to mid-June is technically. So sometime in May, there's an urge to slow down, to rest, to not work. Um, and that's a great time to do that. The other time of rest is September. And that's also a great time. That's when you plan your year. Um, like you plan in August and you start your year in September. Yep. But September is probably where you, you plan in August, but you probably like realize change all your plans in September. There are some changes that happen for sure. Like it's, it's yeah. I, uh, the executables are there, but more often than not, it's uh, um, there is this moment of realization i think that happens in september for sure for sure yeah september is the is when um the sun is in virgo which is your fourth house and the fourth house is all about seeing how things land in our heart and wanting to understand things um in like our emotional life um so it is a time of rest but it's also a really great time just because it's virgo it's a time of organizing and managing and trying to figure out the details uh so i find in september is when I rest and sort of figure out where things land um, right. in my heart. Um, so it is a good time for that. It's a great time to be home and do self-care and take care of yourself. But it's also the time that I really don't want to work. Mm-hmm. So, I get that. So. I, I think that, that I, I, can, I can relate to that for sure. Because even when I do August as planning, it's more I set the table. And then I think September is when I organize the table. I think it's probably the best way to put it. Like I, I make those realizations of, oh, you know what? I mean, in most years, obviously, 2020 has been a different year, uh, mm-hmm. which which is which, which is interesting because what's happened for me in 2020 so far, and I think this is not a unique to me either, is a, hell, a video called uh, 
<laughs> I have a video where I burned my vision board. So there you go. I mean, I think <laughs> <laughs> on my YouTube channel, where I did that. So, I mean, I think that, that a lot of the plans that you, that you made or that I made for, and any of us have had to shift because of, you know, the, the season that, that, you know, took place or is taking place, depending on when you're listening to this, uh, depending on where you're at. Um, but the, but yeah, September is normally, it's, it's organizing and even optimizing to a degree, I think for me. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, that, exactly. And it's, it's also, it's in general, that's the way for everybody. Um, Virgo is the sign of Virgo is the great manager. It's, it's when the sun is in Virgo, all of us feel like organizing the details of our life and figuring out where things fit and how we're going to enact plans to gotcha. do those things. Gotcha. So it's for everybody. It's, it's a great time for that. Um, um, but, uh, it, it also is a time of rest and emotional healing. So I like to do a lot of extra journaling at that time, uh, and, uh, and, and extra self-care. So, um, so June is a time of self-discovery and then, um, July to August, um, it's early August lately. Um, but July, end of July to August is when the sun is in cancer. That's a great time for making money. <laughs> <laughs> Believe it or not. <laughs> um, and you mean uh, when everyone's is, at the beach, like we're talking about, <laughs> everyone's yeah. away, it's time to be productive. No. <laughs> it's so it's so eerie because it's so eerie for me because I always go on a meditation retreat in July. And mm. at the end of July, I always start getting these emails of people wanting reaching out for readings, wanting to do more things. And uh, as soon as the sun leaves, the day the sun leaves, um, my second house, all of that dries up. <laughs> wow, wow. All of that work dries up. Wow. That's so interesting. that's like end of August into early September. Mm. Um, and then September to early October is the fourth house. Um, a great time to create and write is October um, to November. That's the, it's perfect for NaNoWriMo. Mm -hmm. Um, but that's when planet, that's when the sun goes through your fifth house. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and, uh, you may tend to get sick in November. Um, so take care of your health, um, because that's the sixth house. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's also a great time to work and get into a daily routine. Uh, the December to January is the seventh house. So it's great for investing in relationships, but also business partnerships like uh, uh, that's a great time to reach out and make connections with people. Um, and like, that, that's when you reached out to, well, <laughs> to and, for and, me for and the it, podcast. And so. it was my relationship month. Like that's the month that I said, it's going to be relationships. December was my relationships month. That's what I, it, I think it even bled into January a little bit, but January for me was about re renewal and, and, uh, and, um, uh, yeah, it was more about that because I think January for me has always been a month where everyone has go, go, go fast, fast, fast. I'm like, okay, I just kind of watch <laughs> and don't really like, for me, it's more about like kind of just assessment, but December for sure, because, and the reason I chose that is because it's the holiday season. So I'm like, well, I'm going to reach out and, and foster those relationships both personally and professionally. And that's why you would have gotten that around that time. And I think it, like, like you said, it blended over into January a bit because, uh, for me, I know a lot of people do celebrate January as the start of the year. So I'm like, hey, you know, Happy New Year for you. And also we should get together and chat. So, yeah, that is interesting because, yeah, when did I – I mean, I, I can I could tell you right now that, yeah, that was when we, we when we kind of – when we when we touched base for sure. So that's, yeah. that, that is quite, quite interesting. Yeah. 
And January is also, uh, it's no wonder you don't um, want to like put yourself out there more in January because at the end of January into February is when the sun's in your eighth house, which is more about healing from people and a lot of fear and insecurity and feeling vulnerable and change. So it's uh, it's like probably the last month you ever want to like, <laughs> plan your year. Interestingly, so I, I understand. I sent you that. Understand the rebelling. I sent you yeah. that email. I'm looking right now. December 30th is when I sent you that email. Perfect. That's, that's, exactly. That's pretty hilarious. Okay. Um, yeah. So now we're into March, right? Yeah, March is. Uh, that's when the work kicks up. Now, for me as a teacher and you as a teacher, that's when uh, February, and March are a really interesting time. I realized a lot of this this year. Uh, so mid February to mid March is when the sun's in your ninth house, which is about teaching and also, but also purpose and your beliefs. It's a great time to study with teachers. It's when I go on my meditation retreat with my meditation teacher, but it's also a great time just to think about your purpose and what you're doing and what you want to do for the world. And so what I find is this is, this is sort of, and this is a sort of a weird thing. The other thing, too, is that March is always the Pisces cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, March, this, March to April. Um, so, oh, no, that's the 10th house. So, anyway, so we'll st- stick with the 9th house. So, mm-hmm. the 9th house is a really great time to figure out what you your vision for things, what you want to do. Um, right. And so, I find that when I – it's also my birthday month. So, when I plan – um, I find I, I planned my year, actually planned it in November, <laughs> weirdly this year. And then I, I set my intentions once I feel the energy of the year in January. And then I, but they're tentative. Right. And because I know that once I have my solar return in March with my birthday and um, when my ninth house kicks in, I'm going, that vision is going to shift. And then the Vedic astrology new year is actually in April. And um, or May, and so that's when actually you start a new cycle. So I usually end up making a tentative plan January, revising it in March, and then actually starting to do it in April. <laughs> so you know, and that's how the rhythm goes. Well, so, and, and, and interestingly for me, February I look at February as the midway mark of my year. So there is a lot of, am I doing the right things? Do I need to reassess? You know. Um, so that's often when, you know, things will change in terms of the the rest of the count, like the rest of my year, I will make changes. That's where I actually look to if, uh, you know, if the monthly themes aren't working, that's when I will reassess. That's when I will move things that aren't there or I will add new weekly sprints or something like that because it's based around either the new set of circumstances or whatever. But I could see that, especially because they're revolving around teaching and purpose. So that's normally when a I'm thinking, is this still really what I want to be doing? Like, you know, what, you know, I think that that's fascinating. Um, yeah. 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 And so exactly. The, and so, Mark, so, and you said the, the, the Vedic year starts in April or May. Depend, is it dependent on, is that generally when it starts or is it dependent on when your birth, like when you're born? There's two answers to that. Okay. Um, well, let's finish the month sure. actually too, because, sure. well, there's only one more thing to say. After March, it's, it's career time. So, um, March, mid-March to April, April to mid-May, mm-hmm. um, depending upon the year, is a great time to work. That's the 10th house, 11th house. That's when you can really enhance your reputation. That's when you can. social media is great to do in mm-hmm. the 11th house, um, reaching out to people. So the spring is always a great time for that. Um, gotcha. And I've had a lot. And it aligns with also when people are 
when people are getting their energy back too, because that's the Vedic astrology new year. Um, so the last sign in the Zodiac is Pisces Mm -hmm. and the first sign in the Zodiac is Aries and Pisces is a sort of energy of, of sort of leaving the world and escaping into something else. It's, it's the time when you're time in like an age when you're dying and then going to heaven. So it's a spiritual time and it's time where we're a little disconnected to things, but it's also the finishing. It's when at the end of life is when you reflect on your legacy. What did you do? What's important to you? So there's a, that's, that's the energy, the new year's Eve energy It's Mm. Pisces time that happens every, um, uh, around, um, mid March to mid April happened this year. And then in, and then April sometime, um, Mm. then is the Vedic astrology new year, um, which is when the sun moves into Aries and they, it starts when the sun, there's the new first new moon in Aries. So it's when the sun and the moon line up, the sun is like your soul, your spirit, your guiding light. And the moon is your, is the, how that light is reflected into your life and your Mm. mood and emotion. So when your mind and spirit line up with the earth, then you get the new moon and that's when the astrology new year, um, starts. Um, it's always around the first day of spring, Mm -hmm. um, in Western astrology, because that's when the Western astrology is based on the season. So wherever the, but in Vedic astrology, it's a little different. It's when actually you see the sun from the earth's perspective in the sky, in the section that is known as Aries. So it's always every April, like around the April. And those are really, um, it's a very special time of the year because um, right after that new moon are the most auspicious days of the whole year when the sun and the moon are in the place that they're happiest, the signs that they're the strongest. So um, when you know what those days are, you know those are good things to do things <laughs> and start things, right? launch businesses and all of that, so... Jill, there's yeah. so much more that I know we could get into, and we may even, like, so for the people that are, that, you know, you're listening to this episode right now, you're like, I want more. I'm like, guess what? You're going to have to go to Jill's, uh, you have to keep up with Jill to get more on this. Now, I might be able to stick around after I might after I hit stop, and we might continue this conversation a little bit, but I want you to, to check out what Jill's doing, because I, I know that there's, uh, you know, I'm fascinated by time, as you all know, and the fact of the matter is, is that I'm always looking at new ways to kind of uh, view it. And, uh, you know, especially when, you know, the, 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 you just mentioned seasons and the way that time has been constructed. And I mean, we go back to the whole, uh, quote from Lao Tzu, time is a man-made construct, right? You know, the idea of saying, I don't uh, have time is like saying, I don't want to, there's always ways that you can look at your, your days, your months, your year and frame it the way that you, you know, that, that makes the most sense to you. Um, heck, I wrote a book called The Front Nine, how to start the year you want any time you want, right? So, I mean, and and so, Jill, I want to thank you for taking the time to, to especially like the, the latter part here of kind of going through things for, so for somebody that was born, you know, in early, you know, for, you know, for, for, for me to be able to see that and get some real sense of what those patterns look like is really helpful. I want you to be able to talk to people about this um, and showcase some of this uh on your own with, with them one-on-one if, if that's what you do and if that's what you'd like to do. So Jill, where can people keep up with you and, and learn more about what you do and learn more about Vedic astrology and how, how this kind of thing, cause I know you do other stuff too, but this is something to me that's absolutely fascinating. So I'd love for you to share that so that people can keep up with you. 
Yeah. Um, my website is jillblumenstock.com. Um, it's B-L-U-M-E-N-S-T-O-C-K. It's a Blumenstock without the double O. It's a U instead. Um, uh, all, that's where um, you can keep up with all of my latest offerings and happenings. And that's where you can learn how to um, sign up for a reading. Um, I also give updates on Facebook and I'm just Jill Blumenstock on Facebook. So if you wanted to friend me, then you can get those and um, yeah. And uh, that would be great. And my contact information is on my website too. So if you have any questions um, or want to learn more about this, I can definitely refer you to other resources. Awesome, Jill. Thanks so much for joining me today on the Productivities Podcast. Oh, thank you so much.